But this quitting thing, it's a hard habit to break once you start. You're a damn good bunch of boys. Probably deserved a lot better than me. But it looks like we're stuck with each other. Jimmy, grab a bat. Angleberry, get your gear on, get behind home plate. What for? We need to practice. I but we disbanded the team. We took a vote. God damn it! Nobody's vote counts around here but mine. Get your gear on and get your fat ass behind a plate before I kick it up there. The rest of you pansy-ass quitters, move your asses before I kick them all up there. Get in position. We got a game with the Athletics next Wednesday, and that means only one thing. Bad news for the Athletics. The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. I'm busy, Ben. So, Ben, uh, <laughs> how's it going? It's going all right. I, uh, I hosted a, a movie last yeah. night on campus. Oh, you hosted a movie. We were supposed What's to do this a couple of days ago, but Ben... Well, uh, I was promoting my screening, and then ben I Ben decided that he'd rather talk to... What, what do you think you're a big fucking... <laughs> hey, I could have done a big both Madison in one radio night. star? Is that what you think? Well, I didn't realize you babies couldn't stay up late enough to, to do it after that. Well, that wasn't us. It was, okay. you know... So you had a screening last night of this beaver movie? Hundreds of Beavers, which is going to be at the Music Box tomorrow night. I highly recommend you and yours go see this thing. It's a real movie theater movie. And last night, our 330-seat theater was sold out, and the movie got a standing ovation at the end. I've never seen anything People like love it. beavers. Who, who, who could have... Right? Who would have figured? Well, especially... Is it a documentary? By me, it's Badger... No, no. It's, a, it's actually a silent movie, a silent comedy. Now you now you can't see this at home because this is radio, but uh, Gabe is shaking his head. No, silent comedy about beavers. Mm-hmm. Made in Wisconsin in the North Woods. No the twenty twenty four Oscar race has begun. It kind of has. It kind of has. <laughs> Get on this bandwagon while you can. Yeah. So it's, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday, January 31st. It's the last day of dry January. Is it the last day? Not for I me. Short, I think you shortchanged it. No, I, that's why it's not really the last one for me. I'm going to have to keep it going. Or I'm going to have to add an, a week in somewhere. Or I could just say screw it. <laughs> You're saying... But for many people, it's the last day of dry January. So it... it it's it's a it's a it's an event. It's an event, or or it's not, or you just keep going. One of what these do, years, I, I think I'm just going to keep going. What do people call February? Like fuck it, February. It's like after dry um, January. It's like oh, let's anything. No, goes. there's a new thing for February. Wet February is what I got. 
came right up. Oh. Is that it? No, 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 no. It's a damp February. Oh. And there was a moist February. (laughs) Everybody loves moist February, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But what's the gick? What's the gimmick on... uh, I can't even say it. (laughs) I want to say... February? Go ahead. I want to say fetid February, but I don't know what fetid actually means. There's dry January feel good... Oh. February. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But my Facebook algorithm is, it's got my number. It's been listening to me. It, uh, it's basically, it's basically my, my phone is basically saying, shouldn't you stop drinking? Look at everybody else has stopped drinking. And these are people I don't hear from or that I don't see them on my feed, but for one month a year. I think you need to get off social media. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me to get off social media? No, I'm not saying you should. We all should. Oh. In general, the collective we. Sure. <laughs> sure, that could happen. It's not going to happen, but I'm just saying uh, your your algorithms are a reflection of you. Are they? Right? Yes, but it's of- a distorted me it's it's a it's a me seen through what somebody wants to sell me no maybe it is i don't fuck it i don't know gabe who do we have on the show today uh speaking of dry january and quitting things we got frida love smith that's right she just wrote a book about quitting everything i just found this out it's true (laughs) What did she just find out? <laughs> she quit playing drums the first time we were talk- We had her on the show. Do you remember what episode number that was? I don't know exactly. 67. Mm-hmm. 67. That was 90 weeks ago. Right? Is that right? Is that how you are with math? That's pretty good. No, he, he's oh. not. No, he didn't get that. Oh, okay. It's close. I'm just guessing. We're at about 157, 158 right now. 156. This 156. Be. Okay, so it was 90-something weeks ago. That's two years ago. No, it's not. Roughly. No. <laughs> she quit drums back then because she was getting ready to write this book. I was going to say, I listened to that episode today to prep for today's episode. Oh, what did you and do I learned... to prep for today's episode, Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> I got my top three list. That's what I got. Okay. That's pretty good. Go on, pretty Ben. Good. So the, here's the two takeaways that I had from that episode. <clears throat> Number one, Gabe sounded awful. Oh yeah, he he had just arrived back in Florida after one of his many. It was too lazy jumps. to set up his mic, right? Yeah, and You're this thing sounds—he sounds like he's in an aviary. Uh, there's like chirping, what? weird, scratchy noises. I I, oh, right. I I I thought, oh god, I didn't think we ever sounded this bad. But holy it sounded god. like snakes. He yeah, sounded like, like snakes. He was in the you say that well in the show. Yeah. souls, right? And then the other thing was that you were having trouble with your thumb and maybe your hand. You were talking about carpal tunnel and trying to blame it on the guitar and then deciding maybe it was your phone. What's up with your, uh, how are you doing these days with that? From 89 weeks ago? How am I doing? Like, has the carpal tunnel resolved itself? Did you get surgery? I don't know. You know, That's people want to know. That's fine. People want to know. Thank, <laughs> thanks for... Thanks for like. (laughs) Wait a minute, but do you still? I mean, uh, are you still in pain when you play and that kind of stuff? No, now I've got a new thing. My neck. I I was in a a tubing 
incident. In the snow? <laughs> no, in the water, on a lake. In the south? On a lake. In the, fr- in the winter? The freezing cold? No, this happened in the summer. I'm trying to okay, ask you if like you know what week. tubing is. Yes, no. Yeah, tubing. You're in a tube, you're being pulled by a boat. Okay, right. So this wasn't part of your haunted camp experience was it? no 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 but this might be something that haunts me for the rest of my life were, were you the guy who was telling me you don't go for a massage ever you're not into that whole no, i can't do that that's it's weird strangers touching me nope not happening i'm sure it says nothing about me as a person but have you ever had a non-stranger in your life give you a massage you'd think i would wouldn't you you'd think <laughs> You'd think there'd be somebody in my life who could, you know, who's almost certified to do something like that. But no. (laughs) Gabe, you ready for that Super Bowl? I know you are. You're asking me about the Super Bowl as if you're interested this year? Something different? Something changed? No, I'm not interested. I'm going to watch it. I'm not interested. I don't even think I'm going to watch it this year. I think Roger Deakins is coming to uh, the music box. He's got a print of uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Starring 35. Is that a silent movie? No. It is not. About beavers? It's what they call a sound picture. So you're boycotting the, the, the Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift. No, I'm boycotting talking about Taylor Swift. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Unlike last week when you were all about it and bashing her because she was lip syncing. Well, I think she's lip syncing. Uh, you know, I, I was trying not to bash her, but I, I do think she's lip syncing. That's what I, I think that. Yeah, but the people don't care. No, I don't think people care. Yeah. But I will watch the I think they Bowl. should care a lot more about that than her being on screen. See you, you see you did it again. I sucked this you in. is all. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going for on the Super Bowl? I don't even care. It's it's rigged. Then why are you why? Okay, all right. So it is rigged. <laughs> no, sports are rigged. This isn't rigged for anything other than you don't ratings. think you don't think the NFL Yes, it is rigged for ratings. I don't think it's rigged because MAGA says it's rigged. It's rigged for ratings, <laughs> right? Yes, sports have been rigged since day one, everything's okay. gambling and everything's been involved. Name another instance where you can point to that that you're like that was rigged, like a sport event. That's right. What do you think I'm talking about? Uh, anything, you know, just just when the game's close and, and the money's on the line and people bet one way, they go the other. It's it's just dumb, you know. Basketball has bad calls. Football has bad calls. This so those bad calls are 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 part of the ref's way of tilting the scales. Is that what you're saying? The ref's way, the league's way. Sometimes the league wants one team to win over another. But the country and and, and the president, they, they don't have an interest in sports. They really don't. You know, it's not political. It's all about the Benjamins. Tell it to Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah. It's a different story about Colin Kaepernick. But anyway. Why? Why? I thought all those people stopped watching football anyway after that dude. They're going to stop watching again because of Taylor Swift. Bullshit. None of them are going to stop watching football. None of them. None of them are ever going to stop watching football. This is their shit. Come on. Yes, it is. It's how they're going to... In fact, listen, 
if there was something that could come out and happen on a football game that would make everyone stop watching it and so I wouldn't have to hear about it anymore, please, God, let it <laughs> fucking happen. I haven't seen a single one of the games that she was in the crowd for and I guess got cameras aimed at her that they cut. Is this true? Whenever she had a game, they cut away to her reactions throughout the game. I haven't seen any of that. Yes, it's true. It's yeah, true. I don't even, I don't and, even know who's in Some people that I know, some people that I know, pretend to lose their mind. Get her off the screen. And that same person that I know, I look through their queue, I'm going, what is this? Is this the Taylor Swift concert movie? Oh, yeah, somebody else put that on. Hmm. But who is the halftime performer this year? Is it Usher? Did I hear that I right? think it is Usher. It's I Usher. It Usher. I think it's, I think it's a melange of artists. It's oh, not okay. just Usher. It's, <laughs> it's uh, uh, Reba McIntyre, I hear, is going to be really? there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. For what? Uh, what do you mean? To, to get the, you know, to get the country people, to get the countries in there. It, it is hard to avoid Taylor Swift. I saw this thing on YouTube today, and I don't know how this arrived in my feed. Did you know that she once at a, who's that fucking, a Keith Urban concert? I we're still talking about this. What? What did she do? Did she she and her band came, came out on stage while Keith Urban was playing a song, and they were all dressed up as Kiss. So she's like Ace Freely. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Why? I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know what the context is, but I'm like, oh, this is weird. Was Keith Urban afraid? Who is Keith Urban? He's this dude who's, is he married to Nicole Kidman? Oh, that's that dude. Okay. He's got that. It's not Toby Keith. I remember in the early days, remember there used to be that show briefly on like TBS or something, Crossroads, where they would pair like a pop star with us. She did. She did a show. She did a show with Def Leppard. And they played each other's songs. And she sang a bunch of Def Leppard songs. And they backed her on a bunch of Taylor Swift songs. It was kind of fun. Did she do uh, Me and My Wine? (laughs) (laughs) Did she do Wasted? She came out. She had one of her arms tucked behind her. She was... Oh, don't. She was in costume. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. (laughs) Gabe's laughing. No, 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 no. It's bad, man. That's that's bad. That might get... Us canceled, actually. <laughs> From who? The Def Leppard fans of the world? The one-armed people. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, killer, the killer the from Twin Peaks people. and the dude and the drummer from, Led, from uh, Def Leppard. <laughs> the Fugitive. Oh, The Fugitive, yeah. There's three. The most famous one-armed person. Is he no, the uh, most famous one-armed person? Why? Who's, who's, the most one-armed, who's the most famous one-armed person to you, Gabe? Rick Allen, for sure. Hmm. Def Leppard. Nobody no, I else. Know, I know who he is. We've... Well, the, the, the crowd, the guests, the listeners might not know. Rick I Allen don't want them to know who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to. Well, maybe we'll do a Can't... bunch of bleeps for this no. segment. It's Can't... not that bad. He's, he's got, he knows he's got one arm. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else we can talk about? Is it possible? Is there anything else in the world that we can talk about? I saw something on my feed today. You got a show with the empty bottle coming. That's true. Oh, yeah. What happened? They offered me a night, and I was like, what? What are you doing? They're like, we got, we got, a, we got a day. We, you know, you want to play something? I was kind of like, 
I got a show coming with, up with the married men already, so I can't do that one. And I was like, Local H? Like, okay. Has the married men show been announced? No. It has just now. Unless it's you're coming. Come. It's coming in March. So you got this benefit this weekend, too. Is that going to be over before this cast, this podcast? No, no. We, we, we have tomorrow to get this episode together and then the next day <laughs> to do the cast. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Whose idea was this? It was yours, Ben. Hmm. It's going to be a straight shot. No editing, just all live or all nonstop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to use the... Uh, I'm going to be up until 5 a.m. tomorrow night. Yeah, we're going to use the uh, picture of Scott and Jack Douglas at the uh, Gmail. Just put that for every single one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else we can talk about, Gabe? Did we talk about the Oscars? Is there anything else we can talk about? When I'll ask the question. You're asking me? When is this PJ Souls re-release coming? Yeah, Gabe, when is this PJ Souls release coming? You're asking me as if I have something to do with it. Don't you? <laughs> I don't want to undercut anybody's press release here, but you made a, a, a post on the, the Local H Facebook page, and you put it the lyrics. It was a very powerful post. Yes, it was uh, powerful. You posted the lyric sheet for PJ, whatever happened to PJ Souls. Yeah. The first time we put out a record that printed all the lyrics. Can I tell you why? Yeah. Because it was our fifth record. And Houses of the Holy was Led Zeppelin's fifth record. And that was their first record with all the lyrics printed. Ah, that's why that's Gay why. boycotted it. Always come back to Led Zeppelin. You saying there's no choruses on Houses of the Holy? The record or the song, the single? The record. I couldn't tell you the songs that are on the record. Sure you could. Song Remains the Same, The Rain Song, Over the Hills and Far Away, The Crunge. Let's not bury the lead here. We're talking the 20th anniversary re-release. Are you going to announce it here, or are we going to cut this all out? Well, everyone knows it's happening. We've got, we've got, uh, we've got a remaster that's really good. Uh, we're ready to press it. Uh, if, if you would get on it, if you and Bob from Brutal Panda would get on this, we could get this out <laughs> to the people. Everybody, if you want to hear this record... Send messages to Gabe and Bob from Brutal Panda. Their email is Gabe at WikiWikiWackyWalk. I, I get these emails and Bob at orderaheadonly.com. I've been talking to Bob, uh, and he's, he's on it. Well, can he's you get on this for us? Can you, can you do something about it? Because I don't think We're this working. is going to come out this year. It's coming out this year. 20th anniversary means it has to come out the year of the record, at least. It, it might not, not come make... out in, in April like the original did. It's definitely it's not going to come out in April, no. <laughs> but it will see the light of day. I saw a little preview of, of, of some options for colored vinyl and stuff. It's, it's going to be pretty sweet. Ooh. You showed me this last year. We've been yeah. talking about this for how long now? It's been a while, and the whole point was we've been talking about it for a long time because we were going to do get it going ahead of time so we'd make it in time, and here we are again. We don't have a tour. We don't have anything. We don't have any Let me product. ask you something. Can I slot the Lifers movie into the Wisconsin Film Festival or not? Hey, everybody. It's Frida Love Smith. Hey, Frida. 
Hello, Scott. Hello. You're back. Gabe and Benjamin. I'm yes, I'm back. And thank you so much for having me back. Am I the first returner? Uh, um, no. But you're the first that's returner okay. with a new book. Well, that's an honor then. <laughs> so the last time you were on the show, uh, you were just about to retire from playing drums, which I now, right. yeah, I now realize that was just a ruse so you could have an ending for your book, right? <laughs> it was definitely all part of the bigger story. That is for sure. I, I mean, I, 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 you guys feel duped by, by the whole thing. We actually thought... <laughs> We didn't get an advanced copy of the book, so we, you got to fill us in here. Well, also, you were talking about writing a novel last time you were on. Yeah, that's true. I really, I really did dupe you guys, didn't I? No, I'm still, I am still working on that novel. It's just going really slow, and well, it will go whole... slow if you decide to write a different book in the middle of writing a novel. That'll tend <laughs> exactly. to slow you down. Yeah, no, it definitely was like a book that just interrupted everything. It just got in the way of all of all my other plans. And uh, it pushed the novel back, but now I'm back to trying to figure out how to write how to write that book. So it's still it's still happening. I just have a really bad habit of of always doing everything in the wrong order. <laughs> this book isn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a book about you quitting drinking, and that's it. Right. And I thought it was going to be about uh, all the wrong messages you've gotten from music and movies and all sorts of media. <laughs> right. But that's not what this is. No, I think the title is is misleading, or it's it's um, it definitely. It, no, it it's not misleading. I'm just I was just being defensive, is what it is. Yeah. it's not. I don't think it's misleading. <laughs> I think yeah, but I do think it throws some people because in, you know, in fact, as you read it, you discover like I'm not anti drug or anti drinking or anti anything. I just was um, in like a period, like a very low point, and like a moment of kind of being out of control and contending with a lot of self-loathing but yeah no, but it's not really an anti-alcohol book no. even no it's just a pro quitting book pro quitting yes <laughs> so the list of things you quit are uh, alcohol sugar pot I, I, I hope i'm not giving too much away no know, that's okay I'm, uh, not sp spoilers gabe uh <laughs> caffeine social media mm. Music, which we, we, you know we know now. Uh, you've even got motherhood, your job. It's just quit like motherhood, quit my job. <laughs> yeah, were you driving Jake crazy by quitting all this quitting that you were doing? Was he like, "Fuck, not, an, I, not another thing"? I think he was a little nervous that I was writing a book about quitting everything because <laughs> right, um, he, he's yeah. next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but but yeah, he he was kind of ahead of me on some of this stuff. Like he's already he's not on social media at all, and he quit drinking a long time ago. So in a way, he was just kind of like welcome to the enlightened world that I already live in. Like mm -hmm. that you you've caught up with me. Uh -huh. um, I think he missed, I, I am, I do, I'm a pretty good baker. My first book's a cookbook. And I think he kind of missed like the cookies and the cakes that I used to make. Um, but he survived. Have you quit any of these things for good? For most of them, it was just temporary. Right. About eight months and I cut them all out. The only thing that I have totally quit permanently is caffeine because I almost died quitting it. It was so <laughs> right. brutal. I, I was miserable. And I just thought, well, I, I can never go through that again. And so I better just, 
I better just stop. Right. And I think that was one really uneasy thing on my book tour is that people felt really uncomfortable about thinking that I was suggesting that they quit coffee because people really, really love their coffee. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that anyone else should necessarily quit it, but for me it was better. So that's the only thing I, I barely drink anymore. I, um, I recently came across the term 99% sober. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's perfect. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not completely sober, but I basically don't, I basically don't drink anymore. Just because after having that long break, I just felt so much better. So it's over eight months and, and <laughs> booze is the first thing you quit. So each time you quit something in the book and in your life, you, you add another thing on top of it. So if you quit, what was the second thing? Sugar. So if you quit sugar yeah. for one month, you've quit booze for two months. Exactly. That was right. the whole program. I mean, I think... I think the fact that I was in a sort of bad place, like a, a pretty addicted place and a pretty low place, I think it's partly stemmed from the fact that I'm a pretty extreme person. Like I just, I, I have a tend to get, tendency to go overboard. I write in the book about this concept of, of optima versus maxima yeah, and that I just tend to veer towards the maxima. And so I kind of did the same thing in quitting. I feel like it's sort of extreme that it was like it wasn't enough to just quit one thing. I was just like, throw it all on the fire. And then, yeah. And then in the end, it's like, I quit my job and I'm quitting music and I'm quitting this version of motherhood that I've been embodying. And yeah, so it's just it in a way, it's just me being extreme in different ways, but maybe slightly healthier ways. Like every time you quit something it, it almost seems like you have a new appreciation for it yeah but i think you're right that like in in all of those substances practices addictions habits whatever i definitely i never found myself coming out of the experiment with a totally anti stance on right. any on any of them on any of them i mean i i think intoxication is a a, a human drive I think there are lots of things that are beneficial about it, but I think that everybody, like we're all addicted to something, most of us to multiple things. Right. And I think it is helpful to just be kind of real about that sometimes because, because, and we know deep down like what we can and can't mess with and it's different for everybody. And it's even different for us at different stages of our lives, I think. So it's, very nuanced like the whole thing like it's not at all like a standard addiction narrative um and uh it's not it's not a recovery story i don't even know what it is it's just like a weird memoir yeah about addiction i mean that that seems to be one of the things throughout the book that you're struggling with is like what is this book you never seem to know while you're writing it no no i don't think so i mean i think it's um it's, you know, I, I especially explore, like, is this a self-help book? Because it does document this period of time of me, like, tackling these addictions and quitting all these things and going through a process, like, definitely going through a lot of withdrawal and self-examination and evaluation. Um, but it's not, it's not a self-help book. I definitely come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. But more of just a self-exploration, sort of a, self, a self-examination and so that if it is something that could help anybody, and, and I hope that it has, and I think that it has, and I think it would just be that maybe it, it could offer some form of reflection 
you know, like I said, we all kind of know deep down what we what we should and shouldn't be doing, what we can and can't mess with, what we maybe just need a break from. And so if anything, like maybe if it is any kind of a self-help book, which it isn't really, but if it could help someone, maybe it would be to just take an honest look at themselves, which I did, you know, to very painful effect. Sometimes it wasn't it wasn't easy to, to reflect on my years of drinking um, and, and other things and all the terrible long hours of my life. I gave away to social media for nothing. Yeah. I feel Facebook would have been the one, one of the one things that uh, you would have been like, there's nothing positive about this. I was hoping for that. Yeah, but no, but there is, you know, I feel I feel like there's so much negative. Like there really, really is. It feels kind of weird to say anything positive about Facebook, but it is like a way that I'm into. There's a certain number of people that like, that is how I keep up with them. And there are things that I like. I I think I mentioned this in the book. Like I really like when everybody posts like pictures of their kids on the first day of school. (laughs) And, and uh, I like it when people like adopt a puppy and they post a picture of it. It's it's awesome. Like it makes me really happy. Um, it's the way that I've gotten sad news too, that maybe it would have been, you know, taken longer to get and been harder to get. And sometimes it, there can be this kind of moving memorial that happens on Facebook when people are just like posting memories and sharing things. And I mean, it's, you know, supposed to be this way that we connect and all too often it doesn't feel that way, but there right. are these moments when it does the thing it's supposed to do. And when I wasn't on there, I read about this in the book too. Like I, sometimes I just felt like I didn't exist. It's just like, all this stuff is going on. Like, I don't even know. That's how I find out about, you know, friends, bands, having gigs, things going on. And I really just like had no idea what was going on, which is kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It was peaceful and quiet, but I also, I, uh, I definitely felt like I was living outside of culture. It's weird. It's a conundrum. I don't know. Are you guys all on Facebook? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. And was, you kind of have to be if you're a professional too. Like if you're doing anything that you want people to know about, like that's sort of how you do it. Oh, I think it's actually a big part of something I was going to ask you about if you've been following this whole quiet quitting thing. Oh, um, yeah. So for quiet, sure. quiet quitting is my, you know, Facebook is my gateway drug to quiet quitting. Like I'll be at work all day just on Facebook instead of working. Are you supposed quiet. to be saying this, Ben? This this will be cut out. This will be cut out. No, it won't. <laughs> what is quiet quitting? I don't know exactly what that is, Ben. Uh, people well, people don't officially quit their jobs, but they might as well have because they just sort of stop being productive. Yeah. Do I talk about quiet quitting? It's yeah. just like yeah, kind of kind of protecting yourself, just not giving all of your body and soul at every minute of every day to your job, I think is like a positive way to think about it. That is a nice way to phrase it. (laughs) There's this risk like with, you know, with all of us working so much more remotely and working so much online that just be like 24 seven, you're kind of at work. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's, it is important to, to protect yourself. Um, But I, but I do think by and large with the quiet quitting, it's people that that I've like just fully checked out and really just do not give a shit anymore. But I kind of can't blame, I can't blame people for that. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, we, we have this show called lifers for God's sake. And your, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> your book seems to be the antithesis of that entire ethos. <laughs> I do. I don't think so. Um, I think that, you know, 
the way the where I land in the book, for one thing, is like you can't quit being yourself. So, you know, all of this like quest for self improvement and find trying to find some better version of myself that doesn't really exist right. really ends up with me being like, well, okay, I also I just am who I am, and like either none of us can really quit being ourselves, and. And even, you know, the things that I quit, like, like drumming, which we talked about a lot last time I was here. In some ways, I just, I feel like my writing, other things that I'm doing in my life, like, it just feels like a continuation of that, which is like a different expression right. of that. Writing especially just feels like this is, this is what I'm doing now. This is how I'm trying to express myself and connect with people and, you know, maybe make something that will be meaningful to to someone um so yeah i i'm i'm still a lifer (laughs) i'm just a weird lifer (laughs) there is no limit to what some men will do for money especially a man like morris buttermaker no i really appreciate this it's just a damn shame that none of the fathers had the time for it god knows if i wasn't so busy down you got my check right wouldn't even if it meant coaching an unlikely group called the bad news bears it was a team of superstars like mike engelberg rudy stein reggie tower ahmad abdul rahim the incomparable ogilvy timmy lupus kelly leak the aguilar brothers with a team like this there is only one way you can go. Cups and supporters. Well, the other thing about this book is it's it's almost kind of a pop culture critique. You've got this section where you talk about movies for a while and and, and the movies that have sort of formed you and, and formed your attitudes about alcohol. Uh, you, you start right off with uh, Bad News Bears. Yes, there's a lot of Bad News Bears in the yeah. book. You talk about Tootsie and Arthur. Yeah, that was something that was some of my favorite stuff to write about because it that really felt like me being a detective sort of trying to figure out why like why do I have these very specific um attitudes about alcohol and kind of assumptions about alcohol that feel unconscious almost it just feels like they're like woven into the core of my being. And so, you know, it was during the pandemic and I was watching a ton of movies and it just felt really natural for me to kind of go back and watch all these movies that I love, like Bad News Bears. And I mean, I still love all these movies and I don't blame them or anything like that. But just looking for like the messages in them about alcohol being equated with a kind of looseness. I write a lot about looseness and being loose and this sort of 70s ethos and um, about... Um, you know, individuality and romanticism, like especially in Arthur, like being drunk is just equated with being charismatic and romantic and like creative. And he's such his entire career is 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 kind of that, isn't it? It's true. Yeah, it's totally, totally true. And I know and I loved that character and I loved that movie. And I think it just like planted this little seed in my brain of like, yeah, like being drunk is that's what you want to be. Like, that's that's the person that is a little bit different and idiosyncratic and is leading a life that seems more interesting and more vibrant and more real compared to like all the, whatever, the kind of stiffs and the squares. Right. And so I feel like I absorbed a lot of that. I mean, it feels very Gen X to mm-hmm. me, like all of this. Like I feel like, you know, everyone in our generation kind of grew up with on the one hand, like those kinds of messages of, you know, little kids pouring beer all over each other. And like, that is the coolest thing ever. You yeah. wanted to be those kids. Like you didn't want to be the other kids on the, on this, you know, straight laced team. 
Um, right. No, those but, kids so get had, hit by their fathers on the pitching Exactly. Mat. That's right. Exactly. So the Reagans yeah. were right. The Reagans <laughs> were right. We've been, we've been brainwashed by Hollywood. That's the thing. We have also been brainwashed by Reagan. Um, and right. so this is why Gen X is so uniquely messed up because we absorbed all of those messages. And then, you know, we kind of hit the 80s and our high school years, our teen years. And we're, we're indoctrinated. Even we might have laughed at it, but we were still indoctrinated with all of this, like, just say no and right. mothers against drunk drivers and, you know, all these, you know, the TV shows. And the movies in the seventies were kind of one way, but in the in the 80s you get like, I don't know, like Nancy Reagan coming on different, different strokes. strokes. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. and and I think we internalize some of that too. And so I feel like it has just left us completely fucked up and confused. Yeah, yeah there's plenty of mo- movies about drugs and alcohol in the eighties, but they all end in tragedy or some kind of yeah. enlightening. The only one that doesn't really do that is Barfly. And and you you pick that out. Yeah, that movie was such a big deal to me. And I mean, it seems I I still love it. I really love it. It's got an amazing soundtrack and just such a distinct feel and such a sense of place. And I mean, I just I just really, really love that movie. But but the way that I loved it when I saw it when I was in my early 20s was just to think like, wow, I just I need to drink more. Like I need to get down to the bar and do some shots. And, and, you know, as if that was going to sort of give me give me the kind of life that I wanted, make me the kind of character that I, that I wanted to be. Um, but you know, I have a writer distance from it now. Exactly. He was a writer, but also yeah. you wanted to get into fist fights with Frank Stallone in the alley. Definitely. Yeah. Who yeah, doesn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, my friend. Hey. Yeah. Eddie, you're in too. Pour yourself a drink. Listen, you owe me 40 bucks. Here, here, keep, your, keep the change. Pour yourself a drink. Go buy yourself some bubble gum. Now give everybody a new round. Yeah. Well, you also talk about, and this is up Gabe's alley, uh, Saturday morning cartoons and the cereal commercials. Yeah. Gabe? Those- cereal commercials. <laughs> come, come to the honeycomb hideout, dude. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, you, you, you hit on the fact that like the Saturday morning cartoons were just commercials, kind of for the commercials, and the exactly. real reason was to sell kids cereal. All about is all about selling kids cereal. You know, we're supposed to like when we go to the grocery store with the parents, just cr- cry and scream until we get our cap and crunch and our and our tricks. Which, of course, I was totally deprived yeah. of. And that ends up being kind of the focus of, of the chapter about sugar was just that that, that kind of deprivation and longing. And, and, and it was kind of like a proto-social media experience of seeing, like, the, these, like, happy, beautiful kids and these colorful cartoon characters. And they're eating this cereal. And then I've just got my Cheerios. Right. And it just seems so sad and bland and beige. And those kids are so much cooler than me. And, I'll, you know, somehow, like, if I could have that cereal, my life would be so much better. It would definitely set me up to be a bit of a sugar fiend. Uh-huh. And uh, sort of sort of early experience of, of uh, a kind of longing that definitely carried on into my years as, as a, 
as a drinker and a drug user, like it, it all seems like very similar and very of a piece. Did you have those crappy cereals in your house, Gabe, when you were growing up? Uh, we had one good box of cereal, either like the Frosted Flakes or the, mm. you know, Cinnamon Toast Crunch or something really sweet. And then everything else was stuff you had to add sugar to, you know, the Cheerios, you add all <laughs> yeah. the sugar to it. So oh, you're getting sugar, sugar no matter what. No right. matter what, you're getting it in there. You're getting your fix. Did you ever yeah. figure out if you actually did spray mace in somebody's face? <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. It was, a, it was a made up memory. I think I must have wanted to. So um, badly. So badly. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was John Strom, too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Are you still doing appearances for this book? It seemed like you were doing a lot for, for a while there. Yeah, I had a really busy fall. I toured a lot. It was cool because speaking of John Strom, both he um, and Julian Hatfield, both my former bandmates and Blake Babies, had new albums out this fall. Mm -hmm. And they were like out doing events. And so I glommed onto their tours a little bit here and there, which mixed it up very nicely. So Julianne and I did some some gigs together on the East Coast, and it was really cool. It's like a little, like a little salon or a little variety show. Like we had a conversation, and then I did a reading, and then she played some songs. I think it made for a pretty cool night out, and it was really fun for me, just because it can be depressing to to do a bookstore event that nobody comes to. And yeah. I work for a bookstore, like that's one of the jobs that I have. And one of the things that I have done in the recent past is like help them with events. And it's hard to get people to go to bookstore events since the pandemic. It's It hasn't reverted back to the right. way it was before. You know, the, the, the cheap glass of wine just, do, you know, doesn't quite get people out anymore. <laughs> and um, and people got used to doing stuff like that on Zoom. And, and anyway, so I, I like I definitely didn't want to rely only on bookstores. I did a few bookstore events and, and they were really fun, but I just tried to be kind of strategic about it and just do them in places where I knew that that friends and family would come. Um, it was weird talking about this book in public, though. Like it took me some getting used to it. I kind of realized at my first event, like, oh, well, this is very personal stuff. And it also can be kind of triggering stuff. Uh -huh. So like sometimes people would ask me questions or talk about their own drinking. I had somebody cry, you know, talking about her drinking. And I was just like, oh man, I like, I, I just somehow like didn't make the connection that I was, right. I was writing about things that could be challenging topics. And, and, and yeah, and the book hasn't like, it's, it's gotten a lot of really great reviews, but it hasn't gotten uniformly good reviews. Like I think it, it you know, it, it, surprises people sometimes and that it's not really a recovery book and it's not it really doesn't have anything to help somebody that's like i want to quit drinking like how should i do it what's the step what are the steps uh, but anyway this um this woman that, that i don't know like i just know of her is this like really nice person like big music fan um has definitely liked liked some of the bands that i'm in and she posted a picture of my book on instagram and she wrote she wrote like oh like I'm not starting the year off right. Like this book is overdue. I've got to get it back to the library. And like, I've been thinking about quitting caffeine and sugar, but I've been reading about how hard it was for Frida. Like, I don't even know if I can do it. And I don't know if I'm strong enough to do it. And, right. and anyway, something like that. And then all of the comments were just like, I don't know who this Frida Love Smith person is, but she sounds like somebody you never want to meet. And like right. fuck her and her ideas about midlife. I mean, it was, it was, and I was like, no, wait, I'm not, it's not like, like I'm not judging anybody. It's totally not judgy. And most of the people who are saying that clearly haven't read it. They haven't read it. Oh the yeah. Book. No, they haven't. No, they're just, it's the social media thing, right? It's just it's, like, it's nonstop. It, it's like yeah. everyone has an opinion on something. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's not a new thing, but it's just, 
it takes too much work to actually read something or yeah. it, and see what it's about than to just say, yeah, Frida sucks. Yeah. It's so much easier. It's so much more fun to just say, oh, Frida sucks. Like it's that is fun. fun. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> say it, Gabe. <laughs> what? Go on. What's fun? <laughs> <laughs> listening? No, I'm listening. But I, I, I'm, as you're talking about how you wrote about quitting caffeine, I quit caffeine myself without writing a book. Oh. But I, I quit it after I had my gallbladder. You were able out. to do it without writing a book? <laughs> yes, but listen, the, the story has yes. an ending. Uh, it was about eight or nine years ago. I had my gallbladder taken out, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to stop drinking Coke and pop and Mountain Dew. I used to drink six cans a day, but That's a lot, you know." Yeah. And on the weekends, I would have to have it. Otherwise, I'd fall asleep right in my, right in my you know, at lunchtime. Anyway, a couple of years back, I started drinking it a little bit here and there. And as you're drinking it, you need to have more. And you need mm -hmm. to have more. Yeah. And I feel myself needing to have more now. And you're just, you're just bringing it back to light, you know, like, it's probably not a good thing. You know, to, it's to definitely not a good thing. They had to take out your gallbladder. <laughs> no, it's not because of the pop, you know, soda. What but, was it? Who knows? Wait, it's, are we gonna, gonna about talking about stuff is, that isn't going to make the episode? We had this whole conversation last week. You cut the whole thing. Are we going to go through it again and then cut it again? The point his, is, his gallbladder was green. Now, do you yes, think it was gangrene? Gangrene. That's so but I stopped I, with the caffeine, like, and now when yeah. I just try it here and there with my dinner, I have to have more the next day. I just yeah, have to have sneaky it. Sneaky stuff. It's really sneaky, and um, and I've just like spoken at somewhat at length about how non-judgmental I am, and yet I would like to say right now, like you should quit. I want you to quit. <laughs> I know. Quit I know. So I'm drinking bad. water. So bad I got water today. Yeah. <laughs> so we do this thing. Before we do this thing, the last time Frida was here, we didn't ask her Gabe's question, but I think we all know what the answer to Gabe's questions going to be so do we but that's do nothing this? that's not a surprise a lot of times oh you, know you just want one be. for your column no it's not. not no i i i just don't think that you thinking you know the answer should, should we know the question. answer we, we all know the answer here <laughs> okay i just don't but that's, yeah but we, we can't don't have, have to ask, let's not no, ask it we let's can't quit. have let's, twice why don't we quit this once. question right now as, oh, no. as our, Whoa. we're gonna quit asking the question the the one question that we ask every guest we're gonna it's, up quit. To, it's up to Frida. Frida no, you're about to do it. Go, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Frida can't wait. <laughs> Look at her. There's a running jo joke between Ben and myself. We want to ask the guests if they had to choose between two bands. You can only listen to one of them. You're on a deserted island. You can only listen to one band. The Replacements or Iron Maiden? <laughs> <laughs> now, don't answer. <laughs> Don't think answer about it for a second. Don't answer yeah. right away. Can I get back to you like in a week or two? <laughs> sure, you can do that. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you know. I'll okay. let you know. So uh, <laughs> we do this other thing. We do a, a what's the best? What's the we best? Figured, in honor of your book, because you talk about alcoholic movies. There's not a whole lot of alcoholic songs in your book, are there? No, there's not a lot. I mean, I do. I do talk about i talk about straight edge punk so kind uh -huh. of anti-alcohol songs and then and then i i do bring up some other songs but it's not a major focus I, and i have a whole thing where i talk about a lucinda williams song but that's unrelated right to she's got a lot of good drinking songs <laughs> she does she sure does so we'll do drinking songs uh all right what's the alcohol best? songs what's, what's the best, best? 
All right, so you're going to go first, Frida, and okay. who, who goes second? We can never remember this. I think I'm I think last I was first, this week. I was first last time. Oh, you were? So I'm, I'm first, Gabe's second, you're last this time. That sounds okay, reasonable. Okay, so Frida's first. Take it away. All right, drinking songs. One at so, a time. We're going to do three yes. rounds. Oh, one at a time. Okay. Yeah. And if yeah. somebody so, steals one of your songs, you got to pick something else. Watch this. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So my first song is Gary Stewart's drinking thing. Gary Stewart has a lot of good drinking songs. I, I think country music is a, is a good place to start yeah. um, on this topic. So drinking thing from 1974, it's, it's like an amazing song and it just has incredible lyrics in terms of phrase. Like, I got this drinking thing, keep me from thinking thing. Uh It's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I don't think I know it. Yeah. Oh, you have to listen to it. It's so good. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. We will listen to it. In fact, it's probably playing in the background right now. Yeah, listen to it, Scott. Can you hear it? It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's exactly kind (laughs) of what I thought it was going to sound like. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's the magic of post-production. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, so it's my turn. All right. Uh, you, yes. Let's stick to the country thing because I, I agree with you on this. The, the best drinking songs are country songs. And this might be the best one. Uh, Chris Christopherson, Sunday Morning Coming Down. Oh. You know, it, it's, you, you want to talk about the, the romanticism of hangovers. This nails it. And there's nothing romantic about hangovers. No. So it's like dark, it's dark romanticism. Yeah, but, but somehow he makes it work. You know, yeah. the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one for dessert. It's pretty good stuff. And he was in movies, and he was good looking. I mean, yeah, and I think my dad met him too. I think my dad, my dad was hanging around in Nashville when he was around. So my dad claims to have met Chris Christopherson. Yeah, do they drink together? No, I think maybe it was Trucker Speed. (laughs) Good, they were into at the time. Perfect. Next week is Trucker (laughs) Speed songs. Well, which which character, which Chris Christopherson character is the hardest drinking? Chris Christopherson character. His yeah, character movie? In, yeah, in Star is oh, Born. Star is Born. Star is Born. I think he actually pisses himself in that one. No, I think if that's I Bradley correctly. Cooper in the Star oh. is Born. He pisses himself yeah. in that. That's Which is right. good. That's, that's, oh, yeah. That's good stuff, too. Definitely. It's great. It's, I think he also pisses magic. himself in Maestro. I think he just does that in every movie. That's just his thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He cut it signature. out, though. Right. You gotta have a thing. Yeah. yeah. Gabe, what's your thing? My song. I'm gonna go similar vibe, but not so much. More hipster. Ooh. A song. Scott might be onto my song here. Because when I think of you, I think hipster all the way. <laughs> That's you. This might be the first time this band's been brought up on our show. Whiskey bottle from Uncle Tupelo. What? Wow. Damn, I Uncle didn't see that. Tupelo. I stole it. Wow. Did I steal it from you? No, you didn't. You didn't steal it from me. I just forgot oh, about whiskey song. bottle. Yeah. You forgot about okay. Yeah, I finally not forever, I just for now. You. Oh, yeah. oh, I wouldn't. That might have been my you. introduction to Uncle Tupelo. It was, it was great, and it still is. See now, Gabe has never drank, as far as I know. 
Um, I just still don't believe him. That's but not true. He took a shot of pickle beer when we were on. It wasn't right. a shot. It was a he sip. Did. He <laughs> sip doesn't count for anything. But you love whiskey bottle, and you would sing along to it all the time. I love singing about alcohol, yes, but that doesn't mean anything that I'll drink it. No, you'd be driving the van, singing about this, and then sort of looking at me sideways, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great song. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Ben, what do you got? Yeah. Well, I'll stick with the country for this yeah. round. What, you don't want me to? No, I want you to. Uh, there's a song. I I learned of this song through this crazy band called the Country Rockers, who were these like 80-year-old guys who Ron Easley, who was Alex Chilton's bass player and sort of band leader for a long time, discovered them in some godforsaken juke joint somewhere and like, you know, recorded them and stuff. Uh, but it's not their original. It's originally by some guy, Jerry Irby. But I, a lot of people have recorded it. But I still like this country rockers version best. It's called Driving Nails in My Coffin. Do you know that song? No. No, I want to hear it. It's like it. driving nails in my coffin every time I drink a bottle of booze. It's sort of like a mis- broken hearted drinking myself to death song. It's great. Is it? Yeah. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> listen, listen to it. It's great. Listen to it right now. I'm listening to it right now. <laughs> I don't know this one. <laughs> Never heard of it. It was recorded as a duet by Beck and Willie Nelson. Oh, well, now you Whoa. got me. Oh. Willie. Originally, originally hit for Ernest Tubb. Hmm. hmm. What do you got? Wikipedia going on in front of you there? Is, is that what's going on there? <laughs> oh, that's between me and my computer. And your computer screen. <laughs> Frida, what, what you got for number two? Okay, let's um let's get out of the world of country and enter Thank the you. world of indie rock. Um, I wrote in my book about Here Comes a Regular by the Replacement from Tim, nineteen eighty five, and just how it it captures a mood like no other song. It doesn't in any way glorify booze, but there's just a kind of sad resignation. Right in it um, that yeah I've just always found it really emotional always like felt a real connection to that song it has, it has incredible lyrics too and I have not yet heard the remastered version which I think makes me a bad Gen Xer you haven't heard I was going to ask you haven't heard the remix huh it's got a little more use my Gen X card it's got a little more piano in it I've heard like a couple of songs from the, from the album but for some reason I haven't like sat down, ate a gummy, listened to the remaster of Tim. So it's at good. some point. It's not only I'm a remaster, sure. it's a remix. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta do that. I gotta do that. I don't know why. And, and it's it, it's a big distinction. I mean, yeah. did, did you like Tim? Because I never really liked Tim. I think that has a lot of great songs on it. Yeah, I, I do like Tim. I do like Tim. Maybe that's why I haven't felt super compelled to listen to it because I feel like, oh, it's always been an album that I love. But yeah, but all my friends tell me it's great. Like literally everyone in the world. They seem like there's a period of time when there's nothing on my Facebook feed except for this remix, Remastered. Right. It's like this week and Taylor Swift and her boyfriend. Yes, it's, <laughs> exactly. it was like that. It was that for us, yeah. yeah. Well, you stole that from me. That was going to be my first, and then I thought, oh, eh, whatever, I'll just, I'll just sit on it. That's all right. No, no, no. She, 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 wrote, she wrote a whole book about it. She deserves it. <laughs> Should I have not said it was on my list? I mean, I'm just saying. No, you know, it's fine, but I'm just yeah. telling you that uh, yeah, she deserves it. Yeah, I'm fine it. with it. That's cool. 
Okay, this is, me. this is getting tough because I've got like a lot of songs here, but if I'm true to myself, I got to go with this one. Ozzy Osbourne, Suicide no. Solution. Oh, oh you jackass. Oh. oh, you stole me. <laughs> Feel him again. Oh, no, hell no. <laughs> I love it when I steal one from Gabe. <laughs> I got to go further down the list. Go ahead. Wine is fine, but whiskey's quicker. Suicide is slow with liquor. It's it's it doesn't get much better than that. That's hard to beat. It's That's pretty good. I mean, there's another band that I, I didn't take. You can take that one, Gabe. I will. But this is also the song that was supposed to gl- oh this glorifies suicide more than it glorifies drinking. This is the one with the shoot 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 in it, right? Yeah. Get the gun. Get the right. gun. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a big Ozzy Osbourne fan? I'm, I'm not a huge a huge Aussie fan, but I, I'm an Aussie appreciator for sure. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. That's okay. It's fine. No big deal. <laughs> Who's I next, it's Gabe? My, it's my turn. I I've been looking it's your hard. Turn. I've been looking for a maiden song, Iron Maiden, about liquor, but I can't think of any. They don't write I can't about either. drinking. They don't write about drinking. They. I don't <laughs> think they do. But a fellow metal band does. You know, I, I'd call them metal. Maybe not. ACDC, have a drink on me. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Classic album. Classic song. Have you ever l- looked up the lyrics to this song? Because I always thought I knew the lyrics. And then today I was looking at them and I realized, I don't know the lyrics to this song. Let's I don't know them. Yeah, you know, what are they? You know the song, right? I do know the song, but I don't know the words. I like ACDC a lot. Yeah, I can't that. Uh, all right. So the first line is, a whiskey, gin, and brandy. And I have no idea what I thought it was. With a glass, I'm pretty handy. I, I knew that line. I'm trying to walk a straight line. I knew that. But then he says, on sour mash and cheap wine. I had no idea. Yeah, no, me neither. Whiskey, gin, and... On whiskey, gin, and brandy. I didn't know that. Like all mixed together? Oh, it's all in that. here. All the liquors yeah. are in here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's worse than John Lee Hooker. <laughs> ben, what you got? You gonna try to wow us with another obscurity? No, I've, 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 there's two other replacement songs I could call out, but I'm like, oh. I think all the replacement songs fit. Well, I start, we know I, when I started thinking about this, I was like, well, I'm sure the replacements have a ton. And um, then I was like, well, let me look at these lists online. And I was like really kind of bummed out at, you know, the top 50, like, songs about drinking. I don't really like any of them. I'm like, eh, these are like... Um, and so I really did have to sort of like think about it and, and okay. try to look Good. through the catalogs of some other bands that I like. And so here's a band that we don't talk about almost ever on this show, and I don't think has ever been in a What's the Best, but I'm going to go with a band that has a lot of drinking songs. Squeeze. In the UK. Squeeze. Wow. UK Squeeze. And I'll pick, uh, I, mean, I mean, there's probably 30 drinking songs that they've got at least, but there's uh, a song called Slightly Drunk off of, I don't even know what Alvin's off of. One of their early albums. I don't know that. I do not know that song. Slightly drunk, but Squeeze has got a million great drinking songs. Name one other. Uh, 
Pulling muscles from a shell. There's one called I Won't Ever Go Drinking Again. Wow, maybe they do. Interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. I'm Uh, ready. uh, Up the Junction has a line about she, um, something about she left me when my drinking became something stinking. Hmm. Squeeze is one of those bands that I go, you know what? I really like Squeeze. I'm going to get into Squeeze. You never start say listening. that. No, I do. And then I start listening to the record. I go, I don't really like Squeeze. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool with, you know, the few songs that I do know. Yeah. I get it. Good pick. All right. We're coming down to the last one, Frida. I, this okay. is going to be tough. All right. I'm going to veer off in a totally different direction. Okay. Have you guys heard of this band from Indianapolis called Margo and the Nuclear So-and-Sos? Yeah. This, you have? Okay. A lot of people haven't heard of them. Um, this guy, Richard Edwards, was the singer-songwriter. He has like a solo career now. He recently asked me to write an essay, kind of a liner notes sort of thing for him. I know oh. him. I'm from Indiana. He and I were actually in a band together, which I'd completely forgotten until I had to write this thing. Like, oh, we, we one gig. We had a band called Panic Attacks. Okay. Um, but so anyway, in the process of writing this essay, I just spent a lot of time listening to Richard's music, listening to Margo and Richard so-and-so, and listening to, I think, their most popular song, um, Broad Ripple is Burning. Mm. And that is my choice. So it's it's definitely a sad drinking song, and it's it's kind of about, I don't know, it's a Broad Ripple is like the big nightclub area, or was the big nightclub area in Indianapolis. And I, I feel like it's just like that point in your life when you become completely disenchanted with nightlife and nightclubs, and it's just all about how kind of sad and ate up it is. Or, or a parallel is like, it's kind of that point in the night and when like the first, like the night seemed kind of fun and then the night just gets kind of sad. And uh-huh. You've like definitely had like one too many and stayed on too late. And it just, it really, really captures that that feeling it's a beautiful song and um yeah I, I should have written down some lyrics to it but maybe we can listen just listen to a little bit of it we're listening to it now oh yeah what do you know it's happening <laughs> it's happening all right it's my turn this is tough this is really really hard because there's one on here that is possibly my favorite song of all time it's definitely my favorite country song but there's so many good ones like i want to do black flag but okay i'm gonna do johnny paycheck uh, colorado kool-aid and uh, it's if i could pick the greatest country song of all time it'd be this one and it's just him playing a couple of chords Talking about being in a bar, drinking with some Mexicans, drinking Colorado Kool-Aid. What's that you say? It's it's a Coors Light. It's not Coors Light, but it's a nice cold can of Coors, Colorado Kool-Aid. Somebody comes up to one of his buddies and spits in the guy's ear. Guy turns around with a switchblade knife. Slices off that guy's ear. And, and that's the song. There's no chorus. It's just Johnny Paycheck talking about one night, hanging out, drinking Coors. That sounds so good. I don't know that song either. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing song. And you know, yeah. Did you know that Coors was a Colorado Kool-Aid? Oh, it sure is fine. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows this one? Gabe, not even you? 
No, never heard of this. I'm still trying to wrap my head around Gabe <laughs> knowing and calling out an Uncle Tupelo song. Oh, oh he yes. loves Uncle Tupelo. I had no idea. That has never come up on this show. Oh, yeah. He's an old school Uncle Tupelo fan. <laughs> but then do you, did you pick a side, Sunvolt or Wilco, or you just gave up on the whole thing? Oh, he's uh, a Sunvolt guy. I'm a Sunvolt guy, oh. 100%. Wow. Yes, he is. I actually don't own a Wilco record, so yes. <sighs> No wow, you don't collection. hear that very often around these parts. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't have one what's either. It what's it going to be, Gabe? Impress us. Well, I'm going to read your text, and it says, yep, basically songs that feature alcohol. And I'm going to left field for this one. And Frida hinted about it. She said something that makes my pick valid. I'm picking Minor Threat. Out of step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One verse, barely a chorus, and that's it. Don't drink, Great. don't fuck. Don't, oh, sorry, don't smoke, don't drink, don't fuck. At least I can fucking think. Right. I quoted in my book. It's in her book. You're going to yeah. find it in my book like twice. Yeah. All right. It's true. Yeah. Just a lot of good puns. Like six pack, black flag. Too drunk to I fuck. I thought about that. That yeah. was that was on my long list. Yes. Six pack. And too drunk to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Classic. Yes. No matter which way you you, you side on the alcohol, it's still a great song that's about drinking, and I'm picking. It's a good one. I, right I think on. It's great. <laughs> All right. All right. It's great. down to me. And Frida stole my real number one. Here comes a regular, and that's fine. It is. It, you're right. It feels like that song evokes the feeling of being in a bar and being drunk. And, totally. Mm-hmm. In a way that I can't think of any others. But I also feel like um, I don't think we've had a totally joyous, uplifting alcohol song. And so, fuck mm-hmm. it. I was almost afraid that Scott was about to grab this because I think you tell a story about this song. About walking okay. past a bar and hearing it and thinking this is where you want it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. It's close. It's probably a different song though. Probably. So I'm gonna go with what seems like probably an obvious choice, and I never would have just get to it, Ben. Tell us what the uh, song you know, is. Listen, we've got some time to fill. Um, <laughs> tub thumping, chumbawamba. Oh God! <laughs> Fuck you all. Of course. Oh, How could we not? <laughs> Did I, I do you it. not tell a story about walking past a bar or someplace and hearing and song? hearing tub thumping and going I want to go in there? I don't know. I don't know no. what you said. I don't remember. No, I don't remember what your reaction to it was. But it was like hearing it in a bar, hearing it outside a bar. Uh, I think yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure. Somebody do the research on that. No, I, I I think it was something where I wanted to play that song over and over on a pre-show mix. Just because I didn't like somebody or something, I don't know what. The... Here's a lot of good, a lot of good songs. Uh, I got to give a shout out to somebody put something in my drink from the Ramones. Ooh, that's a good. Yeah. One. The piano has been drinking by Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. Gin and Juice, Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Escape, Rupert Holmes. How could no oh, one do yeah. Pina Coladas? I thought of it. I thought of it. Um, I, I and thought... I thought of the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I thought I thought of a, like a kind of a contemporary take on that song too, called "Tequila Little Time" by John Party. Have you heard Ooh, that? No. Tequila Little Time. I'd like tequila a little time with you. 
Oh um, man. I, I actually like this song. It's terrible, but I like it. And um I thought of yes, I guess they ought to name a drink after you by John Prime. Okay. Which is so great. Um and oh yeah, and it has the line, You left my heart a vacant lot, I'll fill it with another shot, the prime song. That reminds me of another song. Shots. Yeah. Shots. 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 L-M-F-A-O. Wow. Yeah. With, uh, what's his face? I don't feel so bad about Chumbawamba anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you should, though. Does this song count? Does the song Hair of the Dog count? It's got to, right? I yes. think so. I was going to pick yeah. it, but I didn't know if it counted, because the lyrics don't say anything about it. It was really hard for me not to pick the George Thorogood version of one oh. bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Oh, I'm so glad oh, yeah. you didn't. That was the one I was afraid someone was going to pick. I hate that fucking song. <laughs> this whole thing where he's like... <laughs> I said, I know everybody's funny. Now you funny too. Just, uh, it kills me. It kills me when I hear that yeah. song. Did he turn out to be a right winger? I don't think so. Well, we don't hear I, from he him anymore. What, what, did he quit? To. Frida, did he quit? That was the, the first biz? concert you ever went to? It was one of the first concerts I ever went to. It was not the first, but it was one of the first. It was like him and somebody else. I'm forgetting now. Maybe it was just George Thurgood. It was, yeah, I was like 15 in Bloomington. It was great. It was great. But he was like on MTV. Right. And, and I he, don't know where he is now. He would never tour during baseball season. That was his rule. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I like that. No, that's not bad. He's got standards. Yes, he sure <laughs> does. Well, Frida, thanks for doing this. The book yes, is terrific. Thank you. It's been so fun to talk to you all again. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. Uh, Come back when book? you finish that novel. Yeah, how's the book okay. about Angela? <laughs> I will. How's the book about Angela Atwood going? I'm writing, I'm writing an essay about her right now because I really wanted to get something out this year. It's killing me. It's, been, it's really hard, but I'm getting close. Like, I'm getting close. I'm going to try to send it off on, on Monday. And then my plan is to focus on the novel and finish it by May of, of next year. So, like, a year or so. All right. So, yeah. We'll see you then, then. Yes, you will. We'll see you then, Thank then. You. Did I just say then, then? I did say then, then. then. Something on my mind Surrounded by the somethings that you said I've done all the drugs that I could buy And borrowed all the books I haven't read of warm white wine Getting older and I'm cutting it too fine Something about surroundings someone said The brain damage is all in your Quick.
something on my mind Surrounded by the some things that you said I've done all the drugs that I could find And borrowed all the books I haven't read Well, one glass of glass of warm white wine Getting older and I'm cutting it so fine Surroundings you The brain damage is all in your The brain damage is all in your head It's all in your head It's all in your moments no today wasn't our worst he just sits back and no let's me do all the work and then i didn't even know she had a book you didn't say she had a book she's got a book that's why she's here i know i know but you didn't say she had a book before when when you texted did i say it in this intro yes but that doesn't give me enough time to prepare She's got I don't know book. that we've actually, I don't know, let's do a Read little it. more intro where you say the title of the book, because I think in the interview we never actually said the name of the book. It's called I Quit Everything. It's a book. I'll look it up here. It looks like an interesting book to me. Let me I ask you this. Did she say you I, I think you should read this. No, I might she want didn't. to. No. You should. You should. Everybody should buy it. I mean, that's why she's here. She's here to sell books, guys. Books. Yeah. She might get one out of me. And if she sells the least one, likely person to read. then it, it still won't be worth it. <laughs> you, you, could, you could get it on an uh, a audio book if you'd like. Is it her narrating it? <laughs> no. No. Actually, it is uh, the ghost of Gilbert Gottfried, and it is great. Uh, it's called <laughs> I Quit Everything. How One Woman's Addiction to Quitting Helped Her Confront Bad Habits and Embrace Midlife by Frida Love Smith. And yes, that's her new book. The author of Red Velvet Underground. That's her new book. I'm looking forward to reading it. And I might download it or buy it one of the two. You got a Kindle? No. 
I don't have a Kindle. What was the last book you read? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to start reading this soon book, The Story of a Roadie. Right. It's not going very well, is it? No. I've been, I've been, well, after the holidays, I've kind of found some time, but uh-huh. it's been crazy. The last book I read? That's a good question. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Because anytime I sit down, you know, just because, hand, because, it. just because someone asks you a question and you don't have an answer for that question doesn't mean it's a good question. <laughs> good questions elicit a response that uh, makes for an interesting answer that we all would like to hear. The interesting part of the answer is I don't know the answer to the question. That's what's interesting. That's interesting. You said <laughs> interesting question, not good question. Okay. That's an interesting good. question, not a good question. And uh, again, not really very interesting either. It's interesting to me. The fact that you... <laughs> it's interesting to me because I don't I know the this? answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Frida Love Smith. <laughs> 